This is the Earth Hotel Podcast. We're brought to you today by Inconsistent Promises. Made by your loved ones. Now was the day departing, and the air, embrowned with shadows from their toils, released all animals on earth, and I alone prepared myself the conflict to sustain, both of sad pity and that perilous road, which my unerring memory shall retrace. O muses, O high genius, now vouchsafe your aid, O mind, that all I saw hast kept safe in a written record, here are thy worth and eminent endowments come to proof. I thus began. Bard, thou who art my guide, consider well if virtue be in me, sufficient, heir to this high enterprise, thou trust me. Thou hast told that Silvius' sire, yet clothed in corruptible flesh among the immortal tribes, had entrance, and was there sensibly present. Yet if heaven's great lord, almighty foe to ill, such favor showed in contemplation of the high effect, both what and who for him should issue forth, it seems in reason's judgment well deserved. from this journey in thy song renowned, learned things, that to this victory gave rise into the papal robe. In after times the chosen vessel also traveled there, to bring us back assurance in that faith, which is the entrance to salvation's way. But I, why should I there presume? Or who permits it? Not Aeneas I, nor Paul. Myself I deem not worthy, and none else will deem me. I, if on this voyage, then I venture, fear it will and folly end. Thou who art wise, better my meaning knowst than I can speak. Good morning. Welcome back to the Earth Hotel podcast. I am Jackie Cotillard, if you are just joining me. I play in a band called The Dizzy. I play piano. They are my guests today. I am currently in the most amount of pain that I've ever been in. And it doesn't seem that bad, but I'm kind of intermittently dancing around, going, oh, 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 and then I'm trying to get things done in between that. Tonight is December 31st, so thank you for joining me into this new year. Uh, I hope we grow and find some new things to do. In that regard, I'm going to take some of this wine into my face right now. It's about 11 o'clock, but I did the thing where I stayed up all night doing work, and now I'm going to have some wine and go to sleep, and then wake up in time for festivity tonight, and then I guess drink more wine. Please hold. I'm medicating. Tonight, there are a couple of things going on, and I'm sure you have plans and you know lots of things, but here are a couple of things. Chroma Cove, C-H-R-O-M-A. Chroma Cove is an operation by my friend 
Andrea Dillingham is just the sweetest, most awesome, brilliant artist that I know in Birmingham. So she operates this thing called Chroma Cove. It's opening up tonight, 6 to 10, and then 8 p.m. The Syndicate is hosting music. The Syndicate Lounge is a great place to uh, spend any occasion. I'm sure you've got things. Find your things. But join us with the things. January 7th. That's the big night. That's next Saturday. I am playing a set with the Dizzy, and then I'm playing a solo set called Jackie Cotillard's Obligatory. That's the closing set of the night, Saturday at Marty's. To open the night, there's a band called Pink Pyramids. It's a duo. Bo Gill has played with Nuclear Milwaukee and Mickey in the Reserves. He's a very talented songwriter, guitarist, keyboard player, singer person. He is pairing up with Caleb G of Mama Calgal fame in Montevallo. They've got a duo called Pink Pyramids, and they're opening up for us. You can actually see them at 8 o'clock the same night at the Firehouse with Helen of Coy's Lindsay Shante. She's got a new act called Little Girl. So at midnight, January 7th, it's Pink Pyramids, a Nashville act called B.L. Reed, and then The Dizzy, 2 to 3, 3 to 4, it's me, Jackie Cotillard, and my show, Obligatory. We've got mini posters, we've got regular size posters, we've got buttons, we've got bumper stickers, we've got drinks, we've got all kinds of stuff, vinyl, fake vinyl things with actual CDs, regular CDs, lots of things for the Dizzy, lots of Dizzy merch on the 7th, so join us. Whew, that's that. We're going to get right into the interview with the Dizzy. Thanks everybody for joining me, and I'm going to pay more attention and be more kind and heartful and spend more time taking care of myself so I can deliver in a higher regard to the rest of the world. I can uh, be more engaged with everyone. Those are the things that I'm going to do just for the month of January, and then I'll get to the rest of the year later. Here's to you in the new year. Cheers to 2017 slash year 72 if you're on the nuclear calendar. Let's do it right. Let's do a good thing this year. Treat everybody that you come in contact with as if they were you, because they are. Here's the dizzy. Welcome, everybody. Thanks for coming to the... We've got a studio audience here for the first... Yeah. Yeah. Uh, welcome, welcome, folks. I want that one. So this is the Dizzy. It's hard not to get a Bangkok whorehouse type thing when all of us are arranged uh, just so on this panel discussion. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Now, you know, Joe was actually born in Bangkok. Not a lot of people know that about him. Yeah. I get very confused sometimes because sometimes Matt's standing right behind me when they're yelling out, I want that one. And I think it's me and they're just playing the Matt. Yeah. Yeah. But they, they are waiting to you, though. Yeah, they're, they're at least acknowledging that I'm in front of him. They're trying to get your attention so you can scooch. Scoot away. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm currently trying to work out a package deal, so you'll be included. Okay. Kind of like how the skydivers have to go out of the plane uh-huh. strapped to each other. Yeah. Yeah, you'll be my strap-off. <laughs> Welcome to the Earth Hotel. <laughs> my guests today are the Dizzy. That's the band that will kill Birmingham. I'm in the band. I play piano and... These are my friends. Hey, uh, hey. Uh, we're I, friends. I'm the singer, Jordan. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not Joe. I'm Matthew, the drummer. And I'm just the bass player. Who has a name? Joe. I forgot it. Okay. So. <laughs> Can you spell that for I us? Was born yeah. a, I was born a poor Bangkok child. <laughs> <laughs> we have to call somewhere home. Uh, so since the last time we were here. A lot's happened. Yeah. Basically, the whole of our career has happened. Yeah. Um, no, it's a eerie thought. 
Yeah. I know, right? 2016 <laughs> isn't even over yet. We have so much potential left to give in this waning hour. Since then, we've had a show at the Syndicate Lounge, which was supposed to be our release show, but due to unforeseeable delays of fate, we had to reschedule that release show, postpone the record release, and now the record is out. It's called Wrapped in Plastic. It came out yeah, November, November 21st. Yeah, yeah, there we go. November 21st. Yeah, October 17th was the proposed date that it was right. supposed to come out. And then, got delayed, right. So, yeah. so we spent four days in the studio all together over a couple of days in September and a couple of October, and then held our formal release in Montevallo at Eclipse. That was with Helen of Coy. Our first move was Bates Brothers recording. Mm-hmm. Y'all had experience with that before, Matt. Right. Joe and I recorded with a band previously about five years ago, Bates Brothers, and such a great experience. They've, uh, they've been doing it forever. Mm-hmm. Eric and Eugene Bates are childhood friends of my father. And uh, I think his band, one of his bands, was the first band to record at Bates Brothers back in the late 70s or early 80s. And they've been doing it so long. They've had, you know, countless regional acts as well as national acts come all the way to Hueytown to record with them. And if not record, they do a lot of mastering and mixing as well. Get a bunch of projects sent to them from all over the U.S. and uh, I think all over the world. Yeah. Great guys, incredibly professional, have great equipment and reasonable rates as well. Yeah. Reasonable baits. I'm sorry. Yeah. And, and Another uh, family to Dizzy Connection. Uh, my dad doesn't remember which one because it was 30 years ago, but one of the brothers was his first guitar instructor. Hey. Wow. There you well, go. Last time we recorded was in 2014. It was our EP, and we did not record live. We recorded track by track. And half of the band, as it is right now, was yeah, not there. Exactly. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. That was Matt, Jordan, and Alyssa, Alyssa. Uh, who is now uh, in Austin. Austin? Yeah. Austin yeah. now. Yeah. She's doing a lot of cool things over there. Pony kicks on Facebook and, and uh, magical space cat. Yeah, like magical space band? cat too. I think she's got another. She's got a bunch of projects yeah, she's going doing on. Live. She's always busy. She's, yeah, we never recorded live before until uh, or live all together. So uh, that first day was we were very busy. I don't know. I just wasn't used to it. You know, it was challenging, but it was beneficial. Mm-hmm. I felt at the end of the day, we really rose to the challenge. And although we didn't meet our goal, we were hoping to get a lot more done on the first day. We certainly, I think, surprised ourselves and them, too, with uh, how well-prepared we were. Right. We had everything written. and it, Like, we knew we were going to have to spend our time economically, and we had originally planned for just two days. Right. It ended up taking two days to record and two days to mix. Yep. Two and a half to record, but yeah. Yeah, two and a half. Two. That's right. Yeah, the first day was tempos, drums, vocals, mm-hmm. full band. But we went back and forth with most of those vocals, because eventually it turned into, since we did the whole album, I was just kind of there to back you guys up a little bit. If anything else, it was it was guide vocals to begin with, but a lot of those we, we kept. It'd be, it helped me figure out some things about the songs, too. Yeah. There were some challenging passages. That, uh, I know Confused as Hell had some phrasing things. Several parts on Manic Mabel, the speech particularly, we kind of had to work with and figure out how we wanted to present it. You figured it out? Probably one of the first times that, you know, because everyone has disagreements on certain things. We were able to see how each other reacted and, and find a compromise. So it was, it was a learning experience, not only musically, but also like chemistry wise yeah i mean once we got past jordan being wrong all the time it just <laughs> yeah. got way easier but that's like a learning it's a steel like a bell curve that we've already come to uh, adapt to yeah what, me being wrong yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. which is cool. no um <laughs> that's right <laughs> but about being wrong no yeah the they had a piano in studio and we laid down i think half the tracks live to begin with the else was like kind of went back and layered in some tracks yeah, layered in some yeah. Cool things. yeah 
Yeah, essentially the first day we got all the drums done and a lot of the bass as well, right? Pretty much. Yeah. We went and like nicked a few things here and there, but all my stuff was done pretty much the first day. Yeah. And you know, it, it's you're always going to have challenges like that because we've played live quite a bit, all those songs uh, before we went in the studio. But you're always going to hear something different mm-hmm. in a studio than you would at a venue, at a bar, at you know any kind of venue downtown or something like that. Because all the sound's going one way, none of it's coming back to you, and you're not hearing subtleties mm-hmm. that you would in a studio. Yeah. Yeah, I found that I was playing consistently fast on everything that we were doing. Mm-hmm. And there's no yeah. way to know that until you record. So now the songs are tighter than ever. Yeah. And it was, uh, I've heard uh, people say that it's really clean, but that's because we went through and pretty much combed it out and fixed everything that we wanted to go through. And yeah. not not all of it, but everything that we had the time to. And that was a neat experience having to really triage what we wanted to do. Yeah. Snap decisions on what's a priority for the song and like for the, the presentation of it. Yeah. We, uh, we ran the laps, I think, with this album. No one can say we took shortcuts for sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> The phrase we used a lot towards the end of the recording, pretty much test a half day and then into mixing, was uh, kill your darlings. Sometimes you have to leave something behind, but again, I don't remember much being left behind. Sure. And sometimes uh, you go into the studio and you find that what you wanted to put in actually clutters up the song and it doesn't benefit it in the way you want. Mm-hmm. It's always been my experience that in the studio, less really is more because you're going for a certain sound, a certain experience, and uh, if you put too much in it, it sounds just more like cacophony of crap instead of a steady song that people yeah. will actually want to listen to repeatedly. Hey, good news for you folks listening. If you want to hear a show off or see a show off, you can come to the shows. Hey. Yeah. We managed to make a pretty stripped down rock and roll record that doesn't have any electric guitar. The hook doesn't really sell it. It's more like the atmosphere and the the concept of the songs. Yeah, and also we've got, in a few of the songs at least, we have multiple hooks. Some parts that they're not reoccurring themes, but they still make the song fresh and draw you back in. In my opinion. I mean, I don't know if I'm I'm part of the band. Who knows? Maybe maybe everybody else might think that's stupid. (laughs) Yeah, and what you were saying about things that you intended originally that were going to be helpful would clutter things up. And trying to get characters across in lyrics, which we do quite a few times, Mm -hmm. we did have to work out a lot of the nuances of how much do you put in front of the people to determine is this... Like you have to sell that this is a character and this is one person talking and another person talking, but yeah. not I'm over here and then I'm over here right. and this is me. Uh, it's tough to make it gel, like in a uh, manic Mabel. Yeah, you know that was uh, I feel like that was a challenge at first, but I'm proud of where it is now. Mm. Yeah. There's a fine line between interesting or unique and gimmicky. And while some of our stuff I think stands out, and that's the one thing I've personally <clears throat> received feedback wise is that it's different, but I don't think it's different in an obnoxious cheesy way right <laughs> yeah it, even if it borrows it's not pastiche yeah I feel like we do have moments where we're gimmicky but we are meaning to be embracing the uh that side of it but i mean i think yeah for the most part it's all very stands out yeah we don't really run with any cliches i mean even with the hollywood thing you know basing it around old hollywood tropes you know all the relationships are just terrible and it's kind of the expression of a tabloid environment where everything that you do is very extreme and very polarized and every argument that you have you know has to be turned up to 10 and you have to go for the throat every time yeah yeah. And that's really what I meant with the gimmick. It was more of the lyrical aspect of it where it embraces that. And also the ending to Confuses Hell, which is, is so uh, silly, but it's also serious and we we pull it off. Yeah. Nothing's there for any conspicuous reason unless it's going to pay off. Mm-hmm. I mean, besides all the cinematic references and all the because we we do reference a lot of movies, you put tons of movie references in your lyrics. Yeah. 
you know, we don't rely on that. It's not like, hey, we know this thing <laughs> for the next four and a half minutes. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, like we walked into Renaissance Records yesterday. We even told you guys this. But uh, he looked at the album and uh, he said, "Wrapped in plastic." Is that a Twin Peaks reference? So I mean, <laughs> we had someone who got the got the reference. And... Okay, so I found a record that I wanted them to hold, and I was going to make the rounds and come back. Jordan left, and I ended up going back to Renaissance. I walked in. There was this really interesting ambient jazz music playing. They had put up our record on the display. We were looking at that, and I said, "Oh, who's what is what is this playing?" I said, "Oh, it's a Twin Peaks soundtrack." Oh, and I just had cool. recognized. Oh, cool. I was like, "Wow!" And he said, "I had already queued it up before y'all came in. Wow, it was already on the mix for the day." Wow, that's it wasn't playing when we were there. It wasn't awesome. Yeah, this album came out recently. Yeah, remastered. That's awesome. But if I hadn't gotten that record, I wouldn't have known that. Wow. Yeah. Interesting. Coincidental. People get the reference, and when you I'm glad. I'm glad. I want people to get the reference. I mean, it helps tie the whole thing together. I think if somebody runs across it in a store, especially in the local bin or on the local shelf, mm-hmm. it's going to be intriguing. Yeah, it's, it's quite a package. I um, feel kind of weird being in the band, having you on the show, and just self-aggrandizing the whole time. <laughs> but I'm trying to play the role of the host that says, oh, you guys, what did you do? And then... Be your part of it. Yeah, funny. so... Yeah. I hope we haven't crossed that line. I don't think we have. I think we're just, I mean, proud of the project. Yeah. <laughs> if we were on any other show, we would be just as proud. Yeah. You know? Exactly. So buy the thing, or just listen to it. Grab Your Stuff is a single that we did. We have a video for it. Jordan, can you explain what Grab Your Stuff's about? So basically... This one gentleman, he's younger, uh, I imagine, early 1900s, late 1800s. He's very in love with this woman. They're pretty much together, uh, but she works at this liquor store called the Old Crow Liquor Store. Uh, the man eventually uh, uh, rapes her. She works with him. And so the main character vows to kill the man who owns the store, takes it upon himself, and uh, gets his buddy, Joe. They uh, burn down the liquor store with the man inside of it. Uh, and then the rest of the city ends up burning on accident because it's a liquor store. And uh, so they're outlaws from then on. They kind of go on a tear through the countryside and mm-hmm. encounter various people on their way. Mm-hmm. So we found a Popeye episode called Two Alarm Fire. Olive Oil's house is burning down and Popeye and Bluto, 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 Bluto yeah. are competing to put the fire out in various ways. And Popeye ends up saving both of them from the top of the building. So we use that, and it just happened to completely fit exactly. The timing is perfect, and oh there are God, gestures that are perfect. It's really cool. So you can find that on YouTube if you look up the Dizzy, the Dizzy Band. Grab your stuff, YouTube Popeye. You yeah, find it. <laughs> that's pretty good. While we're on that song, though, something that always amused me about it is the fact that just the name of it came from us not having a name. It was the work, song. It was a working title. It was a working title, and it just became the title back when uh, it was Jordan and Alyssa and I. It was funny. I don't know if I've told you guys this, but I remember we were on the. I was on my way to practice that day at Uncle Bob's. It was before I presented the song to you guys. I think it was a lot slower when we first did it too. To clarify, Uncle Bob's a storage unit. We don't have an Uncle Bob. <laughs> Collective Uncle. Yeah. But any of you guys that do, I I pretty much just wrote that song quickly before I left because I didn't want you guys to think that I wasn't committed to the band. <laughs> I had to keep coming up with original work. So I was like, I, uh, Mama, 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 I'm leaving this town tonight. And then you're in the biz now, kid. You gotta keep working. <laughs> so uh, I wrote it because I didn't want you guys. Yeah, to Jordan like, was on the hot seat. We were <laughs> we were one practice like, away from canning him. <laughs> <laughs> uh, nine point four. They hold the card up. So just a little. Bit. Well, that's so, all. That's why all art is made. Yeah, pretty much. In a, just because our we talk shit and our reputation is just it, somebody take it, this away. From it doesn't matter. It doesn't match up. You have to uh, walk the walk. Is that what you're getting with? Yeah. Was it was it that song that originally it was going to be like a slowed down Doors mm-hmm. kind of vibe? 
Yeah, it was supposed to be uh, it was supposed to be very Doors esque, and we did not do that. Um, uh, I I just uh, there's a, a tiny spider in front of Jordan's face, and yeah, I just no, retrieved just... it. And I got a little distracted. Um, <laughs> saved your life, dude. You owe Jackie life debt. All right, so how much money do you want? <laughs> how much is that life worth? Um, <laughs> how much that life for? Basic CDs in a cardboard sleeve with album art, bumper sticker button with a $10 basic CD in a cardboard package. And then we have the $20 package, which is the wrapped in plastic on vinyl. And that comes with a piece of vinyl flooring that serves as the title card for the album. There's a CD in a jewel case tacked to it. A lyric sheet in the form of the screenplay for a doomed television series based on our music, which is just the lyrics to our music written out in a screenplay format. So you can get that, a piece of wall art, which is us in front of a building. And then there's a mini poster. Some of our, one of our phrases, I think there's seven or eight different mini posters that you can get. And then one of three buttons that says either wrapped in plastic, the dizzy, or stay alive, do it for Van Gogh. A line from Diddy Mao. That's the first track on the album. Eventually we're going to get a series of vinyl made 
with a giant CD jewel case <laughs> that the vinyl will fit into, and then you can have the vinyl on CD. But for now, we just have the CD on vinyl. You can get that at the dizzy.bandcamp.com. The earthhotel.org store also has those. And now in stores at Seasick Records, Charlemagne Records, and Renaissance Records. Yep, $20. Um, buttons you can buy on their own, posters you can buy on their own, January 7th at Marty's PM. It will involve audience participation and possibly dressing up. Ooh. Yeah, that's all we can say right now. And our wonderful merch uh, woman, Sue Tisdale, is doing a hell of a job with that. Yeah, she definitely is. Oh, my God. Yeah. She knows how to pull them in. She actively pushed records on people at the Eclipse show. <laughs> and they bought them. Yeah. Still happily. fighting a few restraining orders from <laughs> that night, but, you know, we got a strong legal team at the Yeah, Disney. we're good. <laughs> Um, the Dizzy and Sons. Hashtag the Dizzy and Sons. <laughs> God, that was a fun night. No, oh my God. It really was. Syndicate Lounge is great, too. If you guys have a chance to check it out, certainly do it. And they have a lot of great acts there, usually four or five nights a week, right? It's it's very active, and they're building a studio up there right now where they're going to record a lot of local people also. Yeah, very nice to us, welcoming. Had a cool room for us to hang out in beforehand. Yeah, the cool green uh, room. little green room. Yeah, that was actually green. Yeah, and actually a room. Yeah, by yeah. itself. So like a That's something. Yeah, a little yeah. hole in the wall. And yeah. they had such a cool stage. It was so red. Floor. There was red everywhere. It worked out for this, the <laughs> theme. That was that was perfect. Oh man, yeah. Even the uh, backdrop, the curtain behind me was red, so I had to move it so I didn't look like the guy wearing a green shirt in front of a green screen. <laughs> <laughs> Just a floating head playing drums. That's right, you were wearing red. Yeah, <laughs> it's got to go. That was close. I don't know. We we want to present a package entertainment deal to everybody that comes to see us. No matter what direction you come at us from, we're going to give you something that doesn't just pay off when you see it as like a joyful, spontaneous thing where you don't know what's going to happen, but also as a contained experience when you go home and you unpack this thing and you lay it all out in front of you and get you get the whole tone of the album and you get it takes on a lot of depth when you look at all the stuff. And that's true with a lot of yeah, you know, album art or whatever, but this extends I, I, I feel it extends a little further than that. It well, does. my goal at every show is for, especially now that we have an album for people to buy, is if somebody picks up the album after seeing the show and they had a good time, they can hear a song and music will always bring back memories. Hopefully they can bring back from the show. Like, oh, I remember this. This was a lot of fun. Everybody sang that. Uh, it was a good crowd participation part. Mm-hmm. Uh, all that kind of stuff. So that if, if they hear it five years later or something, if they've only listened to our album once and then they find it again and listen to it, they'll immediately remember that. Yeah. That's always a goal. Because, I mean, there's so many songs that I have just from various artists that I hear. And if I haven't heard it in 10 years, I can immediately picture that first time I heard it. And your, yeah. and your feelings and emotions. Yeah. And especially if I saw the band play it. If you see a band play a song that you've never heard before and then you buy the music instead of going into a show already knowing the songs. I love that feeling. Yeah. When you walk away from it because it was so good you had to purchase it. Well, what what good is a piece of art that you really enjoy if you know everything about it from the first get-go, from like the first completion of it? Yeah. And well, art's never really completed, right? Yeah, exactly. Well, and also conversely, there are things on the album that we will never do live because they were complete spur of the moment decisions oh, right. yeah that's true and some of them for that reason we're just this isn't a thing for the album and we're not going to do it live and there are things right. live that we had rehearsed and were part of the song that we chose to, to exclude yeah to give the album a more unique experience and yeah i feel like the live show it, we've always done a good job i feel like of i feel like there's something in there for everyone 
uh, in the music and the and the form. Because I mean, I feel like if you just like a good performance, I think you're already set. You're not even a big fan of the kind of music we're playing. I think the performance is already there because we all do a really good job of that on that end. That being said, there's at least one part of music in any of the songs that we play live or on the album that you could sit and listen. I mean, I like the rest of it, but you like that one part. I feel like there's something in it for everyone. Oh, I agree. Um, so like you said, even if you're not as into the music, we still have certain sections of our songs that are so easy to get stuck in your head. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Absolutely. Even if you don't like it. I mean, I do that all the time with songs I don't like. <laughs> a certain oh, part yeah. gets stuck in my head, and I'll just sing it all day. Our plan is working perfectly. <laughs> I know how you are with Duran Duran. Oh, man, I love Duran Duran. Though. <laughs> don't even play, dude. I don't know. That's, that's one thing I do pride myself on. Our, I think we all do. Our whole like aura, our whole ambience on stage gets much more punk than it does on the record, I think. Maybe that's just my fault. It does. It's got a lot more attitude. It's more, yeah, it's wilder. <laughs> I think that's what... I mean, that's the thing is I've in... I always like the idea of two performers, especially being in theater and performing on stage, in that it's always fun to kind of playfully outdo each other. You know, always kind of bring out... Oh, yeah, challenge the other person, sure. Yeah, we're very interactive on stage just with each other. I mean, when I see Joe, like... Dude, kicking his feet and stuff like that, like not like a, not like a can can, <laughs> but like just really getting into <laughs> it. Over there with the show tunes, you've, op- you've opened up so many options. <laughs> clang uh, clang clang. <laughs> we, uh, but when I see Joe doing something or Jackie or even Matt uh, doing something that I feel like is going to, I wouldn't say upstage, but do something that uh, stands out. I want to do something to follow that up with. Something. You, know, you just got to have the last word. <laughs> <sighs> I'm you don't have to tell us. <laughs> I've never been times where I felt like, I'm, am, I, um, doing, am I doing enough? And I, and I mean, it's like, all right, it's time to kick that back up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, sure, I understand that. There will be times, not necessarily during our performance, because we only usually have a 45-minute to an hour set. So I try to go 110% for every song, because I know we're only playing for a certain amount but yeah like joe and i have played in so many different projects where we'll have to play three or four hours mm-hmm. and um you know by that third set or something of course getting a little fatigue mm-hmm. uh maybe the crowds dwindled a little bit so it's easy to space out and you have to kind of remind yourself hey regardless you have to put on a good show it doesn't so, matter yeah for that there. one person that's still there you could you could change their mind. You could gain a fan from that. Exactly. Um, so if if it ever happens while I'm playing with this band, I just I have to snap back into yeah, it yeah, immediately. It's... Doesn't matter what the crowd's like, what the venue. If we had any issues with sound check or anything, you gotta gotta keep on trucking. Which yeah. never happens. Sound guys are always great. No, <laughs> we never have any issues at any of our shows. Everything <laughs> goes perfect every time. <laughs> I had a lot of thoughts. Now you have none. Yeah. You want to go to a break? Yeah. All right. Let's go to a break. We'll be right back. Are you one part of an eternal consciousness that needs music supplies? Then come down to Homewood Music Company. They're in Homewood. They're a music store. They fixed my acoustic guitar, and now it sounds lovely, and it's not broken anymore. And that makes me such a happy individual that thinks it's a part of just an individual, but in a world, uh, but it's actually part of just a a huge, massive thing, and just like a cell is a part of a body. It's all part of me. It, me, is all part of a larger consciousness and larger, uh, uh, larger awareness of itself. You know what I mean? 
It's part of a bigger thing. I'm part of a bigger thing. And so is Homewood Music Company. Homewood Music Company. Go buy music supplies from them. Find their address online. Tell them the Earth Hotel podcast sent you. And tell them that you're a coming Buddha and that they're coming Buddha. Or just buy music supplies from them. And now, a, a Christmas, Christmas message by the Dizzy. "'Twas the night before Christmas, when all through the house not a creature was stirring, not even a mouse. The stockings were hung by the chimney with care, in hopes that St. Nicholas soon would be there. The children were nestled all snug in their beds. Eat the mic. <laughs> I just started over. No, 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 just eat the mic. All right. The children were nestled all snug in their beds, while visions of danced in their heads, and Mama in her kerchief and I in my cap had just settled our brains for a long winter's nap. When out on the lawn there arose such a clatter, I sprang from the bed to see what was the matter. Away to the window I flew like a flash, tore open the shutters, and threw up the sash. The moon on the breast of the new-fallen snow gave the luster of the dizzy to objects below, when what to my wondering eyes should appear but a miniature sleigh and eight tiny reindeer. With a little old driver so lively and quick, I knew in a moment it must be St. Nick. More rapid than eagles his coursers they came, and he whistled and shouted and called them by name. Now Dasher, now Dancer, now Prancer, and... The Dizzy. On Comet, on Cupid, on Donner, on... The Dizzy. To the top of the ports, to the top of... The Dizzy. Now dash away, dash away, dash away all, as dry leaves that before the wild hurricane fly, when they meet with an obstacle, mount to the sky, so up to the housetop the courses they flew, with a sleigh full of toys and St. Nicholas too. And then in a twinkling I heard on the roof the prancing and pawing of each little hoof. As I drew in my head and was turning around, down the chimney St. Nicholas came with a bound. He was dressed all in fur from his head to his foot, and his clothes were all tarnished with ashes and the dizzy. A bundle of toys he had flung on his back, and he looked like a peddler just opening the dizzy. His eyes how they twinkled, his dimples how merry, his cheeks were like roses, his nose like the dizzy. His drool little mouth was drawn up like a bow, and the beard of his chin was as white as put them in the wrong places so it's obviously a different voice but all right anyway um the stump right yeah the stump of a pipe he held tight in his teeth and the smoke and encircled his head like a wreath he had a broad face and a round little belly that shook when he laughed like a bowl full of he was chubby and plump, a right jolly old elf, and I laughed when I saw him in spite of myself. A wink of his eye and a twist of his head soon gave me to know I had to dread. He spoke not a word, but went straight to his work, and filled all the stockings, then turned with a jerk. <laughs> and lying his finger aside of his nose, and giving a nod, up the dizzy, he rose. He sprang to his sleigh, to his team gave a whistle, and away they all flew like... New copies of the Dizzy's album wrapped in plastic that's out right now. You can find it at thedizzy.bandcamp.com. But I heard the name... He sprang to his sleigh, to his team gave a whistle, and away they all flew like the down of a thistle. But I heard him exclaim, and he drew... This is air. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Uh, air... He, he sprang... My mama... Oh, I thought you said error. <laughs> he sprang to his sleigh, to his team gave a whistle, and away they all flew down the thistle. But I heard him exclaim, and he grew that. <laughs> 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 
I'm just going to cut the worst ones together. <laughs> He's praying. Jordan had a stroke we... third way through the recording of this podcast. He's praying. He's praying. Do we all want to say yeah. Yeah, Happy we'll Christmas to all and all into yeah. all good night? He sprang to his sleigh, to his team gave a whistle, and away they all flew like the down of a thistle. I heard him explain as he drove out of sight. Happy, Happy Christmas, Christmas to all, and to all a good night. Bye. We're the Dizzy. Thanks, everybody. Goodbye. Bye. Thanks to our studio Bye. audience. Uh, we're going to, yeah, yeah, yeah. I paid eight bucks for this. We're going to, uh, we're going to take questions from the crowd now. Does anybody have a question? I got one. Hey, hey, um. Like, does this look like a rash to you? Uh, does anybody else have a question? Yes, yes, you, sir. Sir, don't be shy. Thank you. And thanks for coming, everybody. This has been The Dizzy. Uh, this is the Earth Hotel Podcast Live. Uh, uh, good night. Yeah! When does the show start?
Love is dead. A request was sent out with the first round of emails, notifying the group that they were to vacate their rehearsal space in two weeks' time, but in particular, that none of their equipment seized by Storage Park officials would be returned without thorough search. The email had come into Davis's address, he having taken on managerial responsibilities for the ensemble. He informed the other members, who received emails in the following week, seemingly contradicting the previous instructions. Do not attempt to enter unit to remove property pending further instructions. Then, be prepared to present keys and keycard at date given. In exchange for seized items, other effects will remain in unit for 30 days. The texts were littered with typos and misapplied symbols, and the group became suspicious of the management and decided to recoup their limbo effects while still in the storage unit. Lighters, court sheets and music, CDs, clothing, an old mattress, various other riffraff while simultaneously meeting with storage officials to serve as a distraction. So the four-piece split up. Davis and John, the rhythm section, met with four beings from the storage company at the location provided them. The beings seemed official and did not try to interfere with either of them during the conversation. The pair were given back their instruments and amplifiers, which seemed to have been hastily reassembled from factory standard, with all of their modifications reverted, but telling marks, scratches, and stains remained on the instruments and cases. The musicians immediately identified their gear, and the troubling spot the difference puzzle before them. They were internally agitated, but stayed to talk to the beings, asking vague questions about storage policy, and posing hypothetical situations around repurchasing a unit in the future. The officials accompanied them to the truck, and loaded the gear themselves, pausing just once inside the rear cabin to inhale sharply, but exited quickly. Davis lit a cigarette, in direct but minor opposition to the facility smoking policy prompting a well-tempered disagreement with the officials, in which he contested whether the policy applied to the situation, given that he was no longer a renter or actually within the facility. He dragged on the cigarette slowly, coughed suddenly, and pulled down the rolling door of the truck. Around the corner, Josh and Carrie were snapping metal teeth through the chain of the storage unit. They had moments to remove the chain and prepare to pull the door before the next signal, and they counted a 12-8 figure to themselves. Another cough, and they could hear grunting from the officials to the truck. Five seconds, then the engine boomed into life in the spacious dome. They pulled. As the door of the unit came up, they both felt the hair on their arms and face stand on end, and the hair on their scalps and legs vibrate wildly. Blood bubbled from their pores, and the hair blew away, sticking in a grotesque silhouette of the bald heads and the sticks of their arms on the wall behind them. The blood pooled at their feet, and ran sizzling toward the interior of the unit in globules like liquid mercury. The sound was only of the fizzing blood and the clittering of their fingernails dancing ahead to the source of the blindingly green light. They both knew that they were screaming, but could not determine if anything was wrong. Tears came after what seemed like an hour, but they came like bullets from their ducts, ripping down along their cheeks, forming little canyons and ridges, and cracking the cement beneath them. Their pubic bones grew hot inside their bodies, and glowed red through their flesh and clothing, but they felt only the delicate breeze of an autumn evening and the movement of fluids in and around them. They heard gurgling from the beings moving around the corner. Josh was thinking of corn chips, the current and only contents of his gut, and Carrie was thinking of her dog, who had recently died. They were recovered unharmed by the officials and sentenced to two years each of hard labor in the neuronal services. 
Davis and John successfully claimed ignorance of the burglary and survived to form the Act 8 Ensemble, currently on tour in Vistiento. You can find them at act8ensemble.facebook.com. Thank you. This has been Storytime with Jackie.